0: Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The True God, One in Three and Three in One.
1: and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. Sea is his, and he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship before the Lord our Maker. For He is a God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, shall be world without end. Amen.
0: The true God, one in three and three in one. O oh, come, let us worship him. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies, and from them that persecute me. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies, And from them that persecute me. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon Thee. The Old Testament lesson for the third to last Sunday of the church year is written in the thirty second chapter of Exodus, beginning at the first verse. When the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Come, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the golden rings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them to me. All the people took off the golden rings which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. He received what they handed him, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it a molded calf. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. They rose up early on the next day, and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. The Lord spoke to Moses, Go, get down, for your people, who you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned away quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people, and behold, They are a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, leave me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Moses begged the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people that you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians talk, saying, He brought them out for evil? To kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the surface of the earth. Turn away from your fierce wrath, and turn away from this evil against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the sky, and all this land that I have spoken of I will give to your offspring, and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord turned away from the evil which he said he would do to his people. Moses turned and went down from the mountain, with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, tablets that were written on both their sides. They were written on one side and on the other. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is noise of war in the camp. He said, It isn't the voice of those who shout for victory. It is not the voice of those who cry for being overcome. But the noise is of those who sing that I hear. As soon as he came near the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing. Then Moses' anger grew hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them beneath the mountain. He took the calf which they had made and burned it with fire, ground it to powder, and scattered it into the water, and made the children of Israel drink it. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the second epistle to the Thessalonians, beginning at the thirteenth verse. We don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, concerning those who have fallen asleep so that you don't grieve like the rest, who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we tell you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will in no way precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with God's trumpet. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore comfort one another with these words. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their ensigns for signs. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew the twenty-fourth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, When therefore you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take out the things that are in his house, that him who is in the field not return back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are with child and to nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your flight will not be in the winter nor on a Sabbath. For then there will be great suffering, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, nor ever will be. Unless those days had been shortened, no flesh would have been saved. But for the sake of the chosen ones, those days will be shortened. Then if any man tells you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there, don't believe it. For there will arise false Christs and false prophets, and they will show great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the chosen ones. Behold, I have told you beforehand. If therefore they tell you, Behold, he is in the wilderness, don't go out. Or, behold, he is in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes from the east, and is seen even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, that is where the vultures gather together. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are comfortable, and we have at our disposal money and luxuries that even the greatest of most ancient kings would envy if they could imagine what we have. And consider it. All the necessities of of life, water, food, medical care, are available whenever we want it. We'll go home today to climate-controlled smart homes, on-demand TVs. and As we sit there in our homes, we'll have the entirety of human knowledge at our fingertips with the device in our pocket. And if you get bored at home, you can travel almost anywhere in the world in a matter of hours or a day or two at the most. And we have all of that In this country, which has not seen war in its inner lands, in its Midwest, for over a century. And even though the economy is difficult, and it is, we're still comfortable. And we're even comfortable here in church. Did you know that people in church used to stand for the entire divine service? All there would be is seats on the sides for the elderly and the pregnant to sit on. Everyone else stood for the entire service, whether it was hot or cold, and they would bring their own hymnals. There wouldn't be those hymnals sitting here at church. They'd bring their own. But today, the heat is running inside here. The pews are padded. The sound system is clear. We're comfy. We feel secure. And because we feel so comfortable and secure, we're starting to fall asleep. In fact, perhaps many of us are already asleep. And I'm not talking about the sleep of death, but a sleep of overwhelming contentment. A subtle yet all-consuming feeling or belief that since life is good, we've made it. And nothing can defeat us. So as we sleep or are falling asleep, here comes our Lord this morning in the gospel, slapping us in the face with these words. Therefore, he says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. (coughs) He was speaking to the Jews. Directly to the Jews in their day. Because the Jews had waited for the Christ. And in their waiting they became comfortable and they fell asleep. You see, they became content with themselves and with their own works. They were satisfied with how their words and traditions, even the grudges they held against certain people like Samaritans or Romans. They were happy with how all that felt for them. How all that seemed to define them. They no longer listened to the Word of God. They had it, but in their gluttonous sleep, they didn't really listen to it. And as they didn't listen to it, they missed the coming, the first coming of the Christ, which the Word prophesied. They completely missed it. They didn't recognize Him. They hated and opposed Him. And they got together with the Romans and they murdered Him. They slept, and as they did, the abomination of desolation entered Jerusalem. They slept until the Roman armies surrounded Jerusalem a few decades later. Completely surrounded Jerusalem. No one in, no one out, no food in, no food out. For months and months and months. Completely surrounded by the Romans and that symbol of their eagle all around them. Our Lord says, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles are gathered. Jerusalem was dead. Jerusalem slept and was killed and utterly destroyed. That's where the eagles gathered. That's where the Romans gathered. That's what happened when Jerusalem slept. We're on the break of sleep. Perhaps many of us are asleep. And so our Lord's message today is this. Wake up! You are in the great tribulation of the end times. He speaks here of the abomination of desolation, of false Christs and false prophets. He speaks here of even the possibility of the elect. He says, if it's possible, even the elect will fall away. He talks about carcasses and eagles. We're near asleep Wake up, he says, because in an instant, in the flash of lightning, our Lord will return with judgment and utter destruction, worse than what befell Jerusalem. And that's what he was warning Jerusalem of. Jerusalem's destruction ushered in these last days that we live in. That's what he warns us of before the coming, before the judgment in his second coming. So he says, Be awake. Notice what the collect has us pray. Our Lord speaks about the coming destruction, and then the collect, we pray, Almighty God, we beseech you, show mercy to your humble servants. As if we're saying, Lord, we hear you, we're awake, we hear, we know the destruction's coming, have mercy on us from that destruction. And our Lord answers. He knows we desire mercy. So he answers as he continues in the gospel. He says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to the ones who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. We desire mercy. And our Lord says, you desire mercy. If you want mercy, then when you see the abomination of desolation in the holy place, that is, when you see it in the church, wake up and flee. Don't go back for your things. Hold your babies tight. Dress warm for the winter. Don't rest on the Sabbath. Take off from where you are. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Wake up and flee. There will be mercy if you wake up and flee. For the Jews who had woken up and heard the word, when the Romans came, they did flee to the mountains and they survived. But for those who were asleep, who remained asleep, who dismissed the word and opposed our Lord, they suffered in some of the worst ways ever recorded in history that I can't even dare talk about in the pulpit. They had terrible judgment fall on them without escape. That was the Jews back in Jesus' time. Then there is us, the American Christians. Do we want to wake up? And if we are awake, what are we to flee from? And where are we to flee to? Because, you see, there is no more going west to escape religious persecution. There's not going to be another Mayflower. There's nowhere else in this world to flee. So we have to ask our Lord, dear Lord, from what do we flee? And where do you want us to flee to? And our Lord answers that as well. At least from what should we flee from? He answers, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. Nor, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Here, our Lord answers what we ought to flee from: from false Christ, from false prophets, false signs, false promises, false righteousness. Lies, which, great lies, which promise so great a comfort and security. And so great and alluring are those lies that our Lord says, they may deceive, if possible, even the elect. And you've heard those evils preached against in this pulpit. They have certain names, evolution and communism, hypersexuality and homosexuality, hedonism and abortion, relativism, that is the scene of all religions as different paths to God, feminism and transgenderism. There are plenty of other evils and other names that we could list here, but these are the evils and temptations which have crept into our culture, and we've seen it even creep into our churches in our country. Maybe not our churches, but into several churches in our country. And you might be thinking, but pastor, we don't allow gay marriages. We don't allow women pastors or pride flags to be in our church. We speak against evolution and abortion. We're confessional. We're conservative. We are awake. And in those cases, very well. That is true. I'm preaching at two congregations this morning. That's true for both of them. But are we truly awake? Are we really listening? Are we fleeing? Or are we like the child at is up late at night claiming he's awake as his eyes are half a shut. This week, this last week, there were local elections. Were you aware of that? Were you aware of that beforehand? That across America, schools are teaching, they have curriculum and books that are teaching the very evils that we preach against. Did you know that there was an election day that can control what curriculum is taught in the schools? Did we flee from those evils and love the children and vote in certain ways? In Ohio, on that same day, Ohio's not terribly far away, the murder of infants was enshrined into their constitution. Were the Christians there awake and fleeing from that evil? To protect those little ones, or were we, or were they, and, were we, and are we like them in being asleep and numb to it? And again, you might think that those are more issues outside of our sphere here in Iowa, and that's, that's fair enough. So let's bring it closer to home. Let's bring it to our homes. Have we heard the scriptures in our homes this week? Have we fathers led our families in scripture reading and prayer? Have you mothers reminded and helped the fathers in doing this? Or were we too busy with our work and school schedules, with sports and activities every single night, weekend and weekdays, to even sit down to to dinner together, let alone to there read scripture and pray together? Are there some at home listening to the radio or to the, listening to the service on the radio or on a podcast because we just didn't want to leave the comfort of our home even though we could gather with the saints around the presence of our Lord coming to us? And if we're settling for listening to the service at home, don't be fooled. Private devotions are beneficial, but that's all it is. They do not offer what Christ gives to us in this corporate worship, in his body that we need. When pastors are faithful in their preaching and their teaching and their leadership, do we listen and follow? Or does pride get in the way so that we close off our ears to them, shut up our hearts, grumble and oppose them in every way? When he teaches... When pastors teach, are we there or do we go out fishing? When he catechizes, do we eagerly bring our children to be taught or do we let them go have the fun stuff instead? On the flip side, that is for pastors as well. Do they lead faithfully or do they rather lead in their pride? Do they listen to the word of God or their own ideas? When we as Christians have opportunities to help each other, do we run to those opportunities or away from them? Perhaps there are small opportunities where we in private can see our brothers in need and help them. Or maybe there are more public volunteer opportunities to serve. Again, I'm at two congregations this morning. I'm familiar with our school. There are countless opportunities and positions that need to be served. To serve the church at large or congregations individually. And many opportunities that go unfulfilled. If we are awake, why are so many opportunities to serve each other remaining open? When we as Christians have a falling out between each other as individuals or groups or cliques or as congregations... Are we quick to want forgiveness and reconciliation or do we hold grudges that last for days and years, decades, maybe even generations, keeping the divisions among us? Yes, we like to hear the grace and forgiveness of God preached in our pulpits and when we hear it, we nod along. But then when it comes to brothers that make us angry. Would we rather hold on to the grudge and have division? A lot of different things being asked here, but they can all be boiled down to really asking this one thing. Are you comfortable, secure, and asleep? Or are you awake and fleeing? That is, are you repenting? If you're fleeing, May we sense not only the evils that are around us, but also the sins that we commit. And so our Lord says, as he does say, wake up. And he also says, flee. Wake up and flee from the evil that is to be judged. And so we pray in our collect. We hear about the coming judgment. And we pray in our collect for the Lord's mercy because we want to be awake. We want to flee. So we confess to God we put no trust in our own merits, in our own works. We we know what we want to flee from. But where do we flee to? especially in this world where it feels like the walls are closing in, where do we flee to? And again, our Lord answers this as he goes on in the gospel. He says, When you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, then flee. See, I have told you beforehand, he says, of all the terrible things to come in his judgment Therefore, if they, the world, says to you, Look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes in the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. The abomination of desolation in the holy place, in the church. Wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So often we hear this and we think that he's speaking of the Antichrist and so on. And in a certain way, perhaps that's the case. But the more pure fulfillment, the truer fulfillment of this, is once you recognize who the abomination of desolation is. It is Christ crucified at the center of the church. This is the abomination of desolation. It is the Son of God incarnate on the cross, becoming sin, becoming abomination for us. Receiving, the Holy One receiving terrible judgment upon himself that we deserved. And the carcass where the eagles gather. You get this picture of Christ's dead body hanging on the cross as the Roman soldiers surround him with their, again, the symbols of their eagles all around. We think of that day where our Lord slept the sleep of death so that we, in baptism, we can be made alive. We can be awoken in his righteousness. But that goes even further, that carcass with the eagles. The carcass is more than that. It is the flesh and blood of our Lord. He speaks in such blunt, terrible terms, but understand the carcass is the flesh and blood of our Lord, sacrificed on the cross once for all, and offered to us at this altar. This altar where we saints in heaven and on earth, like eagles, gather around to partake in one holy communion. This is the carcass which died, which was buried, which rose on the third day, which ascended through countless ranks of angels to sit on the Father's right hand. This carcass, as our Lord puts it, is now alive in glory and will come again in glory. Quickly, like a flash of of lightning, being omnipresent, being everywhere. And he'll come back in such a terrible way so that the days may be shortened so you, the elect, may be saved. We prayed in the collect. As we hear about this terrible judgment, as we confess our sins, we then pray in the collect that we may not be dealt with the severity of your judgment, O Lord, the judgment of the untimes, but according to your mercy. It really should say, but according to your forgiveness, according to your pardon. May we be dealt with according to your pardon so that we can escape those terrible, the terrible judgment of the last day. And our Lord answers our prayer this morning. He says, Wake up and flee. Repent. Wake up and flee. Flee to Me, I am your rock. I am your mountain. I am your fortress. Flee to me and in me you will always be awake. In me you will always be protected from evils. In me you will be protected from the judgment that will come because I already took that judgment for you. Wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will gather. As if our Lord said, listen to my word and wake up. Flee from evil and repent. Flee to me. Remain in my church. Remain in my body. Love each other. Love the brothers. And gather together around me as eagles. Because as we gather around his flesh and blood, he also, in his mercy, will gather us around himself in that moment of his second advent, where we will be with him forever in his forgiveness, his pardon, and righteousness. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: Thank mm-hmm. Oh okay. yeah.
0: but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, we beseech you, show your mercy unto your humble servants, that we who put no trust in our own merits may not be dealt with after the severity of your judgment, but according to your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent. That the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our Judges and Magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake. Comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by Thy governance, may be righteous in Thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, Thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with Thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls